hooked it up to the post, they jumped the car, and it was off. Uh, we got it home, we put it on a big charger, left it overnight, and the battery was good to go. I know that you feel a great sense of relief that her car's running now, right? But it, it requires that battery. You have to have that battery going, it has to be able to take a charge, it has to be able to get the car started, keep the car going. Um, but if the battery is working properly, it just starts right up, and there's no problem, and it works. Um, but you know, the engine, I am told, cause I don't know much about engines, but it is built to keep that battery charged and to keep that going. So as you drive, the alternator charges the battery, keeps it going. But if you leave the lights on overnight and you don't have some kind of automatic switch, that's going to shut them off. You're going to have a dead battery in the morning. It's going to drain the battery. It's not going to do what you need the battery to do. So you have to keep that battery charged if you're going to get anything out of that battery, if you're going to get anything out of it at all. So now here's what I want you to do. I want you to think of yourself for just a moment as a car battery or just a big battery. Think of yourself as a big battery. And you've got these two terminals in your life on top, two terminals on top. And you've got, let's, let's just assume you have these outlets um, that are all attached somehow to your battery. So the outlets are there and you've got things plugged into them. You've got all these responsibilities and people at work, responsibilities and people at home, responsibilities and people in your extended family, in your friends. You have all kinds of things plugged into your life that are drawing from you, your battery. That is you. Now, these two posts on top, as you maintain those posts, then you are able to have that battery charged. And probably not from a jumper, you're able to have that charged just the way it's designed. As life is moving and things are going on, that battery is charging. Your battery for your life is charging. And specifically, we understand that that charge for us comes from one place and really one place only. And God is the one who charges your life battery. And as you maintain those posts on the top, where you, where you have your connection with God... As you maintain those posts, then you are able to get that charge into your life that you need. And in turn, as you are receiving that charge, your battery is staying in good condition, charged up, ready to go. You are then able to send out what you need to send out of your life to meet all of those needs that are plugged. You have this thing in your life that God has given you. And our word for these things that are in your life, very specific things that I'm talking about here, are called emotions. Now, emotions in your life can be very, very helpful. But here's the thing. If we let those emotions that are in our lives, emotions and the ability to feel them, if that's given to you all by God, but if we leave those emotions in our lives and we don't properly deal 
with those emotions, then something happens. Those emotions at that point can then become corrosive. If you've ever opened up the hood of your car and your your battery would not start your car, you open up the hood, you take a look, and you see all that corrosion around the posts where they are connected to the rest of the car, and so it can't receive its charge from the alternator because of all the buildup and the corrosion on the post. And in your life, if you have these emotions, and you do, I do too, we have these emotions, but if we don't properly deal with the emotions that that we have, we build up corrosion. And you are you come to a point where you cannot receive the charge that you need to run your life. You cannot receive the energy from God that you need to live your life. You cannot be recharged if you allow the emotions in your life to corrode those posts on your life battery. And soon, you become a dead battery. You have nothing left to give. There may be all kinds of things plugged into your life. All kinds of people, all kinds of needs, all kinds of demands... But you absolutely have nothing left to give. Because you couldn't be recharged. Because your posts were corroded. And in this situation, by emotions that we never dealt with. Last week, we said that you need to manage your life. That you need to man- you are the manager of your life, and so you need to manage. You are not the customer of life, you're not the consumer of life. You are your manager for life, who reports to the owner, that's God. And so we have to manage. But this week, I want to tell you this. Here's what we're talking about all today. You must take care of you. You must take care of yourself. If you are going to be able to accomplish what God has designed you to accomplish in meeting the needs in the lives around you and the lives connected to you, you must take care of yourself. Now, good self-care is what maintains what we could call your life capacity. And also, it revolves around your capacity to connect with God, our Father. And it involves your capacity to connect with all the people who want to connect with you. And who need you. Need things from you. Need you to be around. Need you to invest into the lives around you. So your life capacity revolves around you connecting to God and then in turn connecting to the other people around you. That's what it's all about. You connecting to God allows you to love the people around you. It allows you to continue to invest in their lives and to bless them in their lives. 
Now, in order for you to have and in order for you to enjoy healthy relationships, you must first be healthy yourself. If you expect to have healthy relationships in your life, if you want any healthy relationships in your life, you must first be healthy. Now, there are so many reasons why we are not healthy. You might say to me, well, Harley, it just sounds selfish for me to take care of myself. It sounds selfish for me to focus on myself. It sounds selfish for me to stop what I'm doing and take care of me. There are so many things out there that I need to do. There are so many people counting on me. I have to take care of that. I'll catch up with myself later, but I have to take care of all of these things. I have to take care of all of these people first. It sounds awfully selfish, Harley, for me to stop meeting their needs And try to meet some of my needs. That just sounds pretty selfish. Well, I just have one response to that. I know that it sounds selfish. But the reality is, it is not selfish. Even Jesus himself, when you look through the New Testament, Jesus himself practiced self-care. Taking care of his needs on the human side of his life, taking care of his needs so that he could then in turn take care of the needs around him. It's not selfish. Well, uh, someone might say, well, Harley, okay, okay, maybe it's not selfish, but I don't know how. I I have been taking care of so many people, I don't know how to take care of myself. And that is a legitimate argument. I understand that. So, We're going to take care of that today. We're going to solve that problem today because we're going to teach you how. Some of you guys are thinking, great. I showed up on Woman's Day. (laughs) Great. Well, I I know it sounds that way. I mean, it is Mother's Day, but this is for you, fellas. It's for me. Because if we keep thinking like that about this whole area of taking care of ourselves, if we keep thinking like that, you will never, never be recharged in your life the way that God wants you to be charged. So you can learn possibly today, guys, you might learn the most out of what we're talking about today. And someone else says, okay, okay, all of that makes sense, Harley, but I don't have time. Have you seen what is plugged into my life? Harley, I don't have time. I don't have time to do it. And then in that case, then you will continue to show up in your relationships unhealthy without much to give others. I mean, you will continue to live your life just trying every day, moment by moment, to scrape 
together enough energy just to get through the next moment of the people who are drawing from you and the people who are pulling from you and the people who need something from you. You will scrape together moment by moment and you'll just be living your life trying to scrape together enough energy to supply all those needs. And in doing so, yes, yes, I understand there's limited time, but if you don't take the time in doing so, you will be cheating yourself. You will be cheating everyone else around you whom you are in a relationship with. It's only when you allow your cup in your life to be filled to the point that it is overflowing that you will then by God's design, be able to fill some of the lives around you and those needs with what is overflowing out of your life. You see, God will never take you to the place where you have given so much that you have nothing left to give. God's not going to take you to that place. You might take you to that place, but that's not where God's going to lead you. If you get there to the point where you have nothing left to give, you are completely done, you are just through, you are drained. If you get to that point, I have been to that point. And when I got there, it was not because God led me there. It was because I took a detour off of God's plan, God's way, His path, and I decided to do things my way. And I ended up being completely drained of life. You see, with proper self-care, you will begin to act and respond in life from a position of wholeness. And you will have the opportunity to no longer encounter other people with you being the needy person. You know, if you begin to take care of yourself, you know that also, it's, it not only is it not selfish, it's the wise thing to do, but also, if you begin to take care of yourself, it blesses God. It really does. Think with me for a moment. You as a parent, if you are a parent, you love your child, and when you see that child doing well, and you see that child managing their life and, and making age-appropriate decisions for their life, when you see that functioning, and, and it's things that maybe you have taught them, it's things that maybe a grandparent has taught them or a teacher at school, but when you see them managing their lives and progressing appropriate to their age, it blesses you. Now, here's my question. Don't, don't you love to hear someone else come to you and say how amazing your child has done at this, whatever that is, right? I mean, you love to hear that. Here's the question. Do you love your kids more than God loves you? That's an obvious question, right? No. 
We don't even have the capacity to... Have we died for our children yet? No, no we, have, we don't have the capacity to love our children to the level that God loves us. So no, the answer is no, we don't. So here's the question. Then isn't it obvious that God, just like you are blessed when your child is doing well and progressing, so is God blessed when you... His child, his creation, is doing well, and you are progressing. God is blessed when you take care of yourself. Self-care starts with one of the most powerful, wisdom-filled verses in Proverbs. Just a few weeks ago that I said this one verse, we should do an entire series on just this one verse. But instead, we don't have time for that, but we are going to do one day on it. Today, we're going to look at this one verse, this wisdom-filled verse, and it's just our springboard into where we're going. So here's this verse, wisdom, powerful verse. Here it is, one verse as a command in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. The wisdom writer says, guard your heart above all else. In other words, there there might be nothing more important on your schedule today than guarding your heart. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Now this is God's wisdom. This is not the wisdom of man. This is not just a good idea. You can see this as a command of God. And he's saying, guard your heart above all else. Because our hearts are the wellspring of life. They determine the course of our life. Where we're going to do, where we're going to go, what we're going to do. It determines all of that. And the wisdom writer says, guard that heart above all else. You know, we're probably never going to fully understand this side of heaven, what it really means to guard our hearts above all else. We're we're probably not going to fully understand that. In fact, I can say that emphatically. I'm not going to fully understand that. But I do know this. I do know that what we are talking about today is most certainly part of the process in guarding your heart above all else. Guard your heart, he says, above all else, for it determines the course of your life. So, okay, let's get started this morning to kind of break this down. How do we guard our hearts? How do we guard our hearts? Let's look first here at what Jesus had to say in Matthew chapter 22. Very, very famous passage, starting with verse 37. Jesus replied, so here's part of this thing of guarding your heart. You must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind. And this is the first and greatest commandment. So Jesus says, part of this whole thing is your relationship first with God. Your relationship with God. And it involves your whole self. Jesus is saying, this is first. Value God and your connection with him. So if your life is a battery, you value that point at which you are connected to God. Value that first. First place. 
above all else. Jesus is saying, love God with every part of your life. Your spiritual part of your life. Love God with the physical part of your life. Love God with the mental part of your life. Love God even with the emotional part of your life. That's what Jesus says. And then Jesus goes on in verse 39. A second command is equally important. Love your neighbor. So now he is saying, not only are you going to highly value God and your connection with him, but you're also going to highly value the people around you and your connection with them. See, value God, your connection with him, value people, your connection with them. That's what he says. He says, a second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. So now he's saying a third part. Not only is your connection with God of utmost importance, but also your connection with others, and both of those are tied very closely with your connection to yourself. This is astounding. God expects you to value yourself as a very special, unique creation of God. God expects you to value yourself. You see, God actually assumes that you want the best for yourself. And he wants you to pursue the best interest of others with the same energy that you use to pursue your own best interest. When you love God with all of yourself, every part of your created life, your heart, he said, your soul, your mind, then when you do that, then God comes to you and he fills up your life. So here is you, here is your God, and you're loving him with your whole self and he fills you up. And he fills you to the point that your life overflows. Your your life just overflowed all over my shoe. (laughs) But that's the point, right? As your life overflows, that overflow then impacts in a positive way all the other people in your life. He fills you up when you love God with your whole self, your heart, your soul, your mind. He fills you up to the point that you're overflowing. And from that overflow, you give to others. But if you don't take care of yourself, if you don't guard your heart, you have no overflow. Without overflow, listen to this. This is so, so simple, but yet so profound. Without overflow... You find it very difficult to take care of others. And without overflow, listen to this. It is almost impossible for you to follow and obey Jesus. If we want a fulfilling, healthy life, it requires all three. You connecting with God. Loving God. You loving and connecting with others, and you loving 
and connecting with yourself. In fact, Jesus said, you are to love the other people around you and God with the same energy that you love yourself. Now, since Jesus links loving others, I'm sorry, yeah, loving others and God to loving ourselves, and I think we must look very closely at these words that he talks about here, these things that deal with our spiritual self, our emotional self, our physical self, our mental self, because each area takes time and effort in order for you to maintain that area in your life. Each area takes time. So your physical life. Jesus said, love God with your physical life. Obviously, we have so much research that involves rest and exercise and eating right. And you know, as I know for me, if you are doing that. But the reality is, if you are going to be recharged by God the way God has designed and He wants, then you must start doing that. Taking care of yourself with rest, exercise, and eating right. Says the fat guy sitting on a stool. <laughs> That's what I'm told. Then there's the other section Jesus talked about, your mind. We, are, we understand how that works. You, in your life, continuing to learn. You are never through learning, ever. You may finish school, but you are never through learning. You continuing throughout your life to learn. And you know how to keep learning. You already know that. So we don't, we don't have to teach you how to take care of yourself physically. You already know how to do that. We don't have to teach you how to take care of your mind and continue to learn. You already knew that. You already know that. You'll know how to do that. So keep learning. Keep your mind sharp. If you want to be recharged the way God designed you to recharge, keep that mind sharp. So there's the other part of your life. Jesus said, love God with your whole life. And part of that is your spiritual life. And we know about that. That involves regular prayer and reading your Bible and serving in your church, gathering with the church on Sundays and in a small group. You already know how to do that. So all I can say to you at this moment and the time that we have left is, again, you know how to do that. If you want to have your life recharged the way God has designed it, continue to do that. Do that. You must do that consistently. So that leaves us with one category that Jesus was talking about, the category of our emotions, which our soul is the seat of those emotions. And when it comes to the emotions of life, we we're pretty horrible. We're just pretty horrible. We don't know how to deal with them. We don't know what to do with them. We don't know how to handle them. So we pretty much do a terrible job of guarding our hearts. Most people do a terrible job of caring for themselves emotionally. Isn't that right for us too? Don't we probably do a pretty terrible job of caring for our lives emotionally because we have no idea what to do with them we have no idea how to handle our emotions we don't even know what to think of them we usually have two very quick responses to our emotions some people if you're like me you run from them 
You just ignore them. You stuff them down. You hide them in a closet. You avoid them at all costs. You keep away from emotions, emotions of other people, and your own. You run from them. And then there's the other extreme that is a quick response. Some people live in their emotions. They are all up in their emotions all the time. And they are controlled by their emotions. And both of these responses will leave you unable to take a charge, unable to hold a charge. See, God created those emotions. So we shouldn't run from them because God created them. And we also know that God wants to be the boss, the leader, the Lord of your life. So we shouldn't allow the emotions to control us either. Now this may be new information for some of you. God actually created emotions as information transmitters. Emotions transmit information about your needs and about what you are believing in that moment. It transmits information. So when you feel a specific strong emotion, your body is actually trying to tell you something. Someone give me an example. Just holler out some several people, some examples of different emotions. I need to hear them because I don't hear so well from my 80s music in the 80s. <laughs> emotions. Let me hear some. Anger. Did I hear anger? What else? Fear and sad. Being sad. Grief. What else? Happiness is an emotion. We, we would really like to land there, but so often our anger and our fear and our grief keep us from getting there, right? So let's think for just a moment. Let's just take anger for a moment. Or no, no, let's take fear. When you are afraid, we could tie in anxiety to that too, right? When you are afraid, your body is trying to tell you something. And in that moment, when you are afraid, if you're a guy, you push it away, right? Some ladies do it too. They just push it away. Some people are all up in that though, and they just live in it, and they just freak out. But there's a better answer. Your body is trying to tell you something when you are afraid. So you must pause. This is one thing we are no good at. You must pause and you must learn to pay attention if you're going to learn to guard your heart. Because what did the wisdom writer say? Guard your heart above all else. And if you are afraid, your heart is threatened. So we have to guard our heart. Here's a simple way to explain it. You see, you're ready to make a decision. You're ready to, to decide something. And, and, and you decide those things in your mind, in your brain, in your thinking. So you're gathering information as quickly as you can because you need to make that decision. You need the appropriate information in order to make the best decision, the wise decision. So without good information, without good data, you can't make the right decision or the best decision because you're missing some important information. Your emotions can provide some of that good data. God designed you 
to work best in this life when your mind, your thinking, your mind and your soul work together. When your mind, which is your thinking, and your soul, which is the, 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 the place where your emotions exist. So when your mind, your thinking, and your soul, your emotions are working together, you are designed to make a more wise decision. This is healthy. This is health. And at this moment, guys are hitting themselves on the head and saying, Ah! Feelings! I know. You've been ignoring your emotions maybe your whole life. And we need to stop that. And some of us here today have been controlled by our emotions, allowing those emotions to lead us this direction one moment, that direction the next. Nobody knows what direction you're going. You don't even know what direction you're going. You need to stop that. Are we ready to perhaps take God's wisdom seriously? Are we ready to learn part of what it means to guard our hearts? If you are, I say great. Here is where we need to start. We need to start by simply learning to listen to those emotions. So here's the first thing, really. So the first part of listening to those emotions is to look. Do you know every emotion that you experience in your body, um, in your life, has a physical connection to your body? When you have fear, it does something very specific to your body, physically and chemically. When you have anxiety, when you have sadness, when you have depression, all of those things do something very specific inside of your body. God designed it that way. We have to learn to identify that. So the first thing to do, we have to look. We have to, we have to start at the top of our heads and work our way down through our whole physical body and say, how am I feeling? What is going on? And I know guys hate this. You're ready to throat punch me right now. But that's what we have to do. Do I feel any tension anywhere? Do I have butterflies? Is my heart racing? Am I fidgeting? Or am I pacing? And I have to remind myself as I'm looking through this stuff, this is just information. I can't get mad at myself for being anxious. I can't get mad at myself for pacing and mad at myself for not feeling quite right. I can't. I just need the information. What is your body trying to tell you? If you're going to guard your heart, you have to do this. Is your stomach in knots? Okay, what is it trying to tell you? And that leads us to the next thing. So we have to look for it. The next thing, after you find it, you have to identify it. Why is my stomach in knots? Yes, yes, so identify. Why? Why am I feeling a little anxious? Again, I can't get mad at myself for what I'm feeling. I need to just get the information, get the data. Why am I feeling that way? 
Don't start hating on yourself. Don't put yourself down. You just need the information. What am I feeling nervous about? I I, I might be anxious that the people around me are going to reject me. So you begin looking for signs. Something's not right. Okay, you identified something's not right. I'm anxious. My stomach's in knots, or my heart's racing. I'm I'm sweating, and it's not hot out. So you know what? I've identified that something's wrong, and there's now I have to look for that emotion that is there while I'm experiencing that. And here's the third step. Now that you've found it, identified, you have to keep digging. There are more questions to ask. So you understand, this takes some time. You have had to hit pause on that situation, that interaction, that environment, wherever you are. You have to hit pause and withdraw, and you have to guard your heart. This is part of it. You ask more questions. What do I think I'm needing right now? What am I needing from other people around me right now? What am I needing from myself right now? What am I doing that might be causing this response and this emotion? Am I doing or thinking anything that could be encouraging this and making it grow and making it bigger than it really is? Or am I possibly even causing somehow these feelings? Here's one for me. Am I stuck in a thinking loop that is getting faster and faster and worse and worse, bigger and bigger, and it's all stuck right here in my mind, just spinning out of control? So you have looked, you paused, you looked, you're guarding your heart. This is what it is. You looked, you identified an emotion, you dug deeper to experience, to to discover why am I experiencing that emotion, and now here's a big one. You can't stop short of this. You have to evaluate the truth of your feeling or that emotion. Guarding your heart depends upon this. Good self-care means you must not only recognize what's going on and what emotion that is, but you must determine if you are telling yourself the truth. You're the one experiencing the emotion. You have to, to determine, is that the truth? So you have to have a conversation with yourself right there. It's a conversation between you and between God. And in that moment, you have to find out, is this true? Is it based upon truth? If it is, then you need to use that information, that data, and you need to act accordingly, make a wise decision. But if it is not true, then I need to move on to something that's more productive. You see, it's not wrong, using the fear example. It's not wrong to be afraid. God gave you that ability to be afraid. It's not wrong to be afraid. But if it is not true, then yes, it is wrong to live with that fear if it's not true. God created our emotions. God himself even has deep felt emotions. But for us, his creation, 
emotions exist to give you important information about the world around you, the circumstances around you, and how you fit into that world. That means we have to start treating our emotions as valuable. It's information that we need in order to make our decisions wise decisions every day. Sometimes we don't create, uh, sometimes we don't guard our hearts because we, we don't value ourselves. We take care of everyone around us because they're important. But we don't value ourselves, so we don't take care of ourselves. And then you add to that, when we see the work and the effort that goes into guarding your heart, that's not easy. Then we certainly don't. We say, I'm not worth that. And we continue to try to scrape together just enough energy to supply the needs around us. And we don't take care of ourselves because we're not worth it. And if that describes you, then you must discover the truth. The truth of how God sees you. Because God values you. And what we value, we honor. What we value, we treat with more kindness. We treat with more patience, with respect and with love. This, this has no meaning to you at all. Um, this is a, a, like a 1940s decade 22 revolver has no meaning it it was mass produced everybody had one in the 50s and so did my dad it has no meaning to you in fact you you might this would in your house it might even be rusting away but this has value to me it was my dad's i value this so i treat it a little bit more Gently and with kindness. I, I, I value this. What you value, you treat differently. And if you don't value something, you just kind of treat it like garbage. The way so many of us treat ourselves. We have to begin to see ourselves the way God sees us. You know, one thing that happens in your body when you have all of these emotions going on and you don't stop to guard your heart, you don't stop to gather the information from those emotions and to check whether or not they're true and all, you don't guard your heart. You just, you either stuff them down and run away from them and so they're still there. Or you live up all in them and they're getting bigger and bigger and they rule your lives. You know what happens when you don't properly deal with the emotions that are in your life? All of those emotions are linked to something physically. And some of those emotions cause chemicals to erupt and flow through your body. Chemicals that were only meant, designed by God, to be there for a moment in order to help you through something. Sometimes in a superhuman way. Those chemicals there for a moment. They were never meant to live in your body all the time. And when they do, they corrode, those chemicals corrode your battery post and you can no longer get the charge you need. Not only do they corrode your ability to connect with God, 
those things that were meant to help you actually begin to destroy you physically. How many of us have been told by the doctor that we need to lower the stress in our lives? Because you were not designed to live that way day after day, year after year. The thing that God gave us to help us, if we don't handle it correctly and deal with it right and guard our hearts, can be the very thing that destroys us. And as we end today, this is the end. Here are the nuts and bolts of what we've talked about. Here are your baby steps for today, for this week. How do we guard our heart? If that's the wisdom, if that's what we need to do, how do we guard our hearts? How do we take care of ourselves? We're going to ask you to do this in three uh, paths. The first one is this, take it in. You need to take in from God. You must learn to take in God's love from your connection with Him. You must learn even with some of the people in the life around you to take in what God is giving you from them. You need to take it in so you can recharge. And then here's the second thing. You need to take care. You have to attend to your own needs with the help of God, of course, obviously, with God leading through this process. You need to take care of the real needs with God's help and understand that your emotions are telling you something about your life, something about your circumstances. And when those emotions come up, you have to pause and you have to look for them. And then you have to identify that emotion. And then you must dig deeper and ask, why am I feeling this? And then you must pause and ask God, is this true. And if it is, move forward and make a wise decision. If it is not, you have to move on to something more productive. And the last thing we're asking you to do is then to give freely. Because as you are being recharged by God, this is the step that keeps all of this from being selfish. All of this from being self-centered. Because the whole purpose is now for you to give freely from the overflow, from the charge that God has placed in your life. To give freely to the people around you. So you take care of yourself so that you can give to others. Sometimes good self-care in our life is interrupted by emergencies. We have emergencies. But emergencies, they don't last. So at the first available moment, you have to learn to pause to guard your heart and practice good self-care. You no longer have to show up in your relationships crippled. You no longer have to show up in your relationships as unhealthy. You can be healthy. You don't have to show up in relationships as the needy person. You don't have to always be at the end of your rope and just trying to scrape up enough energy and strength to meet the needs around you. God wants you to guard your heart. Jesus did it. And he wants you to do it too. And it starts with good self-care. And again, Jesus took care of himself. And he wants you to do the same. Let's pray. Father, so often we give and we give and we're not realizing that we have not stopped 
to recharge our lives. We are not stopping to refill our souls. So often we give until we're empty. We try to keep giving, and it just makes us more and more unhealthy physically, spiritually, emotionally. This habit is making us unhealthy in our relationships. It's making us unhealthy with God. It's making us unhealthy with others. It's making us unhealthy with ourselves. God, will you give us the wisdom that we need today to take this baby step of learning how to take care of ourselves? Because God, it is through this self-care that you, our Father, are able to recharge us and to refresh us and to refill us. Give us the wisdom to know what to do, Father. Give us the courage to begin doing it now. And even if we never have stopped to do it before, God, give us help to try. Give us the courage to learn it now so that we can show up in our relationships more healthy and more ready to give, knowing that we are doing what is necessary to keep our lives fully charged so that we can give and we can give all the time remaining healthy. We ask you to help us, Jesus. Please grant these things we ask if they are in accordance with your plans, God. And grant them in direct proportion to the effort that we invest into following you. In the name of Jesus, we ask these things. Amen.